to fight for truth and justice in the American way. What I do is not up to you. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I am Iron Man. And Hulk. Smash. You guys know I can move things with my mind, right? With great power comes great responsibility. No games. Hi, welcome to Watchtower. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And this is our podcast where we talk about superhero movies. And this week we are doing Black Panther, which just came out, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, now? two yeah, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, we can start with the obvious, how well it's doing. Um, this is the most recent release from Marvel Studios. It is the best-reviewed superhero film of all time. I think maybe that's really? just according to Rotten Tomatoes, but still. Yes. Oh, just the percentage. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's according to Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Um, but it's at ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And, oh wow. Uh, it has a seventy nine audience score. Okay. So that's pretty a little, good. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, it's broken like ten thousand different records. Like uh, it's the highest grossing film for an African American director. It's uh, oh, wow. it's the fifth largest opening of all time. Um, it's set a February opening weekend record. Topping Deadpool. Um, Unadjusted for inflation, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, but <laughs> it's been like two years. That's not a lot of time for inflation. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, it's like broken like so many records as far as success. It's just been unbelievably successful. Like I expected it to be successful, but this is kind of insanely awesome. Like it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's doing extremely well. Um. What did you think of the film personally? I loved it. <laughs> I, remember... I hate I hate to, I hate that we disagree on all these recent Marvel <laughs> releases, but but go on. Yeah, Alex didn't like it as much. I, Spoiler. The night we saw it the same night, but at different times. Oh, well, we did. I think so. I. Right? Yeah, we did. It was okay. it was a Sunday. Right. Yeah. And she went before I did, and I think I asked you like, you know, what did you think? Yeah. And you said good, not great, and I said okay, and then. <laughs> As soon as it was over and the credits were done, I texted Alex and I said, well, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> And she I was just like, that. oh, no. Yeah, because <laughs> we did that with Thor Ragnarok, too, so. Right, but, well, I don't know if I loved Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, this is different. This, this is, is different. different. And I and I didn't dislike this as much as I disliked Thor Ragnarok, for sure. So. Right, so, yeah, I really liked it. I felt emotionally involved in a way that I hadn't in a Marvel movie in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So that was the number one thing I took away from it. Right. Yeah. I I really liked it. I wanted to see it again before we did before we talked about it, but I think it's also good that we've both only seen it once mm-hmm. kind of thing. First impressions are really important with film. Um I definitely want to see it again before it's out of the theaters. Um but it was it was really good. I just felt like Okay, honestly, I think the biggest problem for me, and this comes from the fact that I am such a huge Marvel fan, and I'm so invested in the cinematic universe, is it just felt so wholly disconnected to me from the universe. And, like, that's probably great for most people because mm-hmm. they they could see it as a standalone. They didn't have to understand a lot of the other things that have gone on. Right. Maybe Civil War was helpful because... T'Challa is introduced there but for me like as a fan as this being the last movie going into Infinity War I was like ah like, give me something you know <laughs> there because, was no lead up to that yeah which was that was really disappointing for me and I think that kind of like threw me off I have other sure. problems with it yeah. but I think like I 
I definitely am biased as a Marvel fan toward that being a really disappointing feature of this film. I can see that for sure because you, uh, it's very reasonable to expect like a lead in into Infinity War, mm-hmm. especially you know from the movie prior to. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like it was everything I wanted in a Marvel movie. Right, like, the right. thing you're talking about, and it's just you know it's difference of of opinion. That's all it comes down to. Oh yeah. That's that was what I wanted out of a Marvel movie. I wanted something disconnected. Yeah. That stood on its own. Yeah. And that's what I got. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you got what you wanted. Um. <laughs> anyway. So we're we're done. Yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> no, we're not done. Here we go. Okay. So let's get more specific with this. So, onto the checklist. So we'll talk about the hero and villain arcs and if they work, if they don't work. Um the spectacle of the film and if it's unique and new and exciting and uh, how it confronts morality. Mm-hmm. So let's start with hero and villain. I thought it was great on this front. Like yeah. the hero's story with T'Challa perfectly parallels uh, Killmonger's. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My friend, my friend called me about this movie. He kept accidentally calling him Kilgrave, like after the oh, Jessica Jones villain, yeah, and I was like, right. no. <laughs> I almost just called him Michael B. Jordan, but well, you know that works. The great, great hero, great villain, and I think everything. What I really want from a superhero movie is, and I've said this before, I want to learn something about life. I want to see a hero struggle with a thing, mm-hmm. and they overcome it. And I want right. to see the villain struggle with the same thing and not overcome it. Right. I think that's a great illustration. Right. And this movie does that. Like, T'Challa is dealing with, how am I going to lead? How am, on a small level, how am I going to take care of my family? My dad right. just died. And Killmonger, Eric, um, you know, he lost his father when he was young, and he, go, he just veers in a different direction. And I think it really goes to show... Uh, how a unifying theme, a unifying idea makes for a really strong script. Um, Because that's sort of this thing that connects them both is uh, the relationship with with their fathers. Yeah. And T'Challa goes one way, Eric goes the other way, and there's your lesson. There's your story. Yeah. And I love that. I really responded to it. Yeah, I think it's uh, a lot like, um, you know, we've talked about X-Men. It's that same kind of... Eric Charles, like they both want the same thing, but they want it differently. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a really great formula for the hero and the villain, um, because then you you can sympathize with the villain in a way because he wants the same thing as our hero, but it, it's going about it, you know, the complete wrong way. Right. Um, that was one of my favorite aspects of the film was that I liked that I started to like sympathize with Killmonger because oh, he sure. had some really great points, um, which I think just like. We'll get into this immorality too, but really ties into to um, the cultural themes of this film, especially mm-hmm. you know coming from um, an African American director and confronting that like background about um, diversity and equality and all these like reaches that the film makes um, with the best way to approach you know um, inequality and you know feeling uh, put out and everything like that. So I think that's really uh, an interesting concept for me. I think I struggled because I don't find T'Challa to be interesting at all in this film. Mm. I really don't. Um, I just think I didn't see a lot from his him as a character. I think mostly because I thought I saw so much more from him in Civil War. And maybe that's just because I because he was 
more troubled in Civil War in a way. I think mm-hmm. I, I connected so well in Civil War with seeing him be like angry and want revenge and then learning like to come to terms with, you know, wanting this revenge. And and then in this movie, I was like, we've already seen him like take on an arc like that. And so maybe for me, it just felt hmm. deja vu and redundant. I don't know. I just what like can <laughs> what are some flaws that T'Challa has? Because I feel like he doesn't have any. Flaws? And maybe yeah. Well, he's he's learning how to lead in this movie. Right. And um, I rewatched Civil War after watching Black Panther yeah. to sort of see how the two connected mm-hmm. with with his ca- character in particular because yeah. it had been a while. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's one strong progression from that movie to this one. Okay. I, in that movie, you're absolutely right. He's he's angry. He's motivated by uh, hate, basically, and by revenge, which is Killmonger in this movie, but. Uh, T'Challa goes through that in Civil War and he's able to overcome it because he's like wow this is destroying the Avengers mm-hmm. I won't let it destroy me or he won't let it consume me I think is what he says yes. and hate consumes Killmonger like, yeah. at the end of the movie even when T'Challa's like he extends the olive branch uh, or you know whatever <laughs> he's like look I think we can I think we can cure you and he doesn't want to he wants to die because he, he, he's what does he say uh throw me in the ocean with my ancestors like you can't let go of that hatred you can't let go of that revenge because it's completely consumed him and it defines his identity at that point yeah but so for this movie to i think maybe what you're getting at is t'challa is a more emotive character in civil war yes i would agree with that right i think that's certainly true yeah but in this movie i think his struggles are very internal, very psychological. Mm-hmm. I think the question is like, what is the right course of action? And right. that's that's his struggle as right. a king, as a leader. And I I thought that was great. Like <laughs> it wasn't as emotional, but I thought Killmonger had all the emotion, you know? Yeah. So it it worked for me. Um but do you do you sort of agree that it's at least a logical progression from Civil War? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um I think I struggled too with, which like, these plots always get me because, so in this movie, it's, it, it was, it must have been a struggle for them to formulate this plot just because you've got, you know, T'Challa as a character and then you've got all the other Wakandan characters that you're introducing and dealing with like Shuri and, um, you know, his mother and all these characters to tie in as well. And I think, um... I struggled when he, you know, like the hero disappears for a while because he quote unquote dies. Um, and then you've got Mm -hmm. the, the other characters in Wakanda kind of like dealing with the problem of Killmonger and how to solve it. And I guess it was just kind of like when he came back, I was like, did we need him to come, (laughs) come back? Of course. I know. Who's going to fight Killmonger? Everyone else. I don't know. I love that. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time in a Marvel movie. When I was like, yeah, go get that son of a bitch. I wanted, <laughs> I was so into it when he comes. Because yeah. it was like, it's Hamlet. It's the Lion King. Yeah. It, it was so cool. And, okay, the, the Lion King is Hamlet, obviously. Yeah. This takes cues from both of those. Right. And, like, at the end when they're all battling on the plane mm-hmm. and there's the big structure. It's like, yeah. It looks like, like Pride Rock. It's like, like Pride Ryan Rock, Coog- yeah. I, Ryan Cougar must have been 
a big fan of the Lion King. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just so weird. Like, it has to be intentional. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> so, on, like, a meta level, I just think that's funny. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't... I, <laughs> I'm having a hard time, I guess, uh, finding faults in his character growth. No, that's okay. That's okay. I think, I think you're helping me. I'm seeing more, okay. definitely, but also, like... I still hold to my points, but you know. But you, um, I get you. It was hard for you to sort of emotionally get invested with him. I think so. I think so. Just because, I guess I was expecting maybe like the same kind of emotional connection that I got in Civil War mm-hmm. because I loved that emotional connection. I very viscerally felt like his anger and pain, and so in this movie when he was a little bit more stoic. Yeah, I I just struggled to connect as much. I think. Right. He but does... I, I definitely connected with other characters more i think sure um i guess that you think maybe that was intentional because it's introducing so many characters yeah no i definitely think so i definitely think they were like hey we have to take a step back with this character at least exploring his they figured out a way to make his character arc tie into everyone else Mm -hmm. and wakanda as a greater whole and so i think that was really smart because the character arc that he goes through in civil war is very personal and i don't think you could have achieved that sort of character arc in a film like this Hmm. Um, because, you know, it is so just him one-on-one, like, uh, this man killed my father, right, like, right. is responsible for killing my father. Right, and he's such um, a small part of that movie. Right, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the greatest downfall of Black Panther is that this is not his origin, and I, I think, hmm. or at least that, that hurt it for me. I was just like, I... I felt like I already knew him and understood him, and so it was less exciting. Um, but, you know, I, that happens with these franchise films. I'm reminding... I'm being reminded of when we were talking about Wonder Woman, and we mentioned that was not her origin, and mm-hmm. it, that allowed the movie to sort of go places it couldn't have otherwise. Right. And I think that's true here. Um, if the movie had had to spend time introducing him, I don't think it could have been as philosophical as it was right because it i mean it really goes into some very interesting material it does like uh the movie is political it has some things to say Mm -hmm. and i really appreciated that not necessarily about the message but that the that they had the guts to do something like that with a marvel movie and i'm not sure i don't know do you think that you could have done that with an origin movie i think um hmm that's tough yeah I don't. Um, and I think for me, it's just a personal preference of of when I was going to see Black Panther, I wanted more T'Challa, less like greater world implications. But sure. that's what Marvel needed. Um, yes. And that's what this movie needed to do more than anything. So I like res- I respect it. It's right. not my personal taste, but I definitely like respect it. Sure. So that's fair. It, I don't think that takes it down for me in terms of like, is this a good movie or not? I don't think that mm-hmm. impacts it um, because that's more personal taste but did you like all the characters that introduced that it so if Satrala was sort of sidelined yeah. a little bit yeah. to introduce all these other characters did you at least enjoy them yeah yeah no i really loved um i love shuri i yeah. think she's great i think everybody i think uh, yeah everyone like she's she's amazing um <laughs> i loved um Daniel Kaluuya's character. I can't remember his name. I call him I'm Blue so Man. Bad. I'm so bad with names. This makes me feel terrible. <laughs> well, wait till we get to the uh, the other tribe leader. I don't know his name. Which? I mean, I, I have to call him Gorilla Man. 
Mbaku. That's Mbaku, his name. okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know his name. I oh. don't know why. All right. Okay. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. yeah, and then... I can't remember anyone's name. I should have looked these up before he did this. This looked really bad. His... <laughs> T'Challa's love interest. Um, oh, Lupi- uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Her name yeah. is... It starts with an N. Nakia? Yeah, Nakia. Yeah. yeah, I loved her. Um, Even though I feel like she didn't have, like, a ton of concrete direction... Um, because she was kind of like, I shouldn't, like her character was very focused on like not pinning herself down into anything specific. Cause at first she was like, oh, I need to be doing this like, you know, undercover thing and I don't need to be here with you, but then mm-hmm. I need to be here with you because you're struggling through a time, but I don't want to be with you, but I don't <laughs> want to be a warrior, but I have to be a warrior right now because I have to fight. You know, it was very sure. like, um, she was kind of wishy-washy mm. in that sense, but I, I liked her character a lot and I just think you know that that actress is amazing Lupita and she's, Nyong'o yeah, is she's amazing great. the whole cast um, is really really good yeah I think such a strong most cast most of the money was spent on the cast yeah. actually <laughs> which like I don't blame them like that's how you sell movies nowadays and that was really smart although I don't think you needed to do it I think Chadwick Boseman is so amazing and um especially once you add in like Michael B. Jordan and there's just so many great actors in that's there. the movie right there yeah, Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. I mean, I, w- I could have had a, like, three-hour version of this where they just, like, talk the whole well, the time. the original cut was, like, four hours. That's probably too long. Yeah. I feel like that would have been boring. Yeah. But I would like to see a director's cut. And I'm hoping it's a lot of, like, philosophical, like, what what ought the future of Wakanda be? Like, I would just love that. It's like a courtroom drama kind of thing. <laughs> I just, I love that stuff anyway. Yeah. But, um, Oh, and I loved, um, so I kind of really loved Martin Freeman's character, Everett Ross. Yeah. Because I felt like he was, like, that, like, classic, like, here's the, like, white ally that is helpful when you need him, and he shuts up when you don't need him, and he's just there, like, being good. Like, I feel like that's what they did with that character. He was funny. Yeah. And I liked that, well, he's he had a sort of greater role in that he had to, mm, he was motivated more by his heart than he would have been in Civil War, where he was like, I'm just, I got a job to do. Yeah. But in this, he was, he had to step above that and say, this is outside of my jurisdiction, I guess, mm-hmm. or my authority. Yeah. But this guy saved my life. These people saved my life. I'm going to help them. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool. Cause I think that's sort of a little microcosm of what happens in the story. What happens to T'Challa? Yeah. Cause he's like, he's got the weight of the kingdom on his shoulder. He's like, what, what? What's the right thing to do? Yeah. And in the end, he's just motivated by love. Like, I'm going to let my heart guide me. What did you think of Claw? Like, was he necessary? Like, did we uh, need Did I, we need all that? I liked Andy Serkis. He's yeah. very entertaining. Yeah. Um, But no. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like he was one of the weaker points for me. Like, I was just yeah. like, get him out of the way. And then he got out of the way. And I was like, okay, here we go. Now we get to the real story. Um. Because that was another weakness for me, and I don't know if this is the right place to talk about it, but whatever. Um, The first act really dragged for me. Honestly, until Killmonger got to Wakanda, which was, like, pretty, like, midway in the movie. It's probably, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, I was like, oh, what are we doing? Like, I don't know. I felt like, um, because the first, the first, like, really big thing, we've got all the Wakanda build up and him being crowned king, and that was... That was very cool, and we'll get to that in Spectacle. Um, but, like, you've got the the uh, spy mission to... Is it... Where do they go? 
it's not China. It's somewhere. Oh, it's South Korea. It's South Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go to South Korea. It's very Skyfall. Um, yeah, and on like a spy mission. Um, and like, I felt like that was the only thing. That was the only part up until Killmonger gets to Wakanda that I was really invested in. Mm. So I think, but I, at the same time, like I can't really fault them because I'm like they had to like build this world and mm-hmm. that's hard to do and you know. But maybe for me too, um, I just felt like the opening, like up until the Black Panther like credit title or I don't even know if they had a Black Panther credit title, but the Marvel credit title, it was kind of like not the exciting intro I expected. It was what they needed to, like, set everything up, but I was kind of expecting, like, to open on, like, a fight scene, and then we didn't. Oh. I was like, oh. But that's just me yeah. being impatient. I guess I don't know what I expected, but I did really like the beginning. Yeah. I liked the introduction. It really set up the story really well. It did, and it just it set up the emotional connection with T'Challa's father. Mm-hmm. He's like, father, tell me a story. Okay, I'll tell you the story of the Black Panther. That was which, so cool. Yeah, it was. That um, was so cool, that intro. Yeah. And, uh... But the, gosh, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, the first act. A lot of people have said that exact thing. The first act is kind of a slog. Mm -hmm. And I do see where they're coming from. Like, not a lot happens. But maybe it's just who I am or, like, the things I'm interested in. But I'm like, oh, Wakanda is this technologically advanced society. And yet they have a king. And and they have this, like, uh, trial by combat. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm just I'm my mind was just going down this rabbit hole of like wow what are the ethics of this right right so yeah. I, I I admit that's just that's just me yeah but I completely understand uh, people being bored with that first act gosh I feel like so much of us like picking apart this film is just like personal preference things more I, than usual probably which yeah. is like fine I like that I like that I don't have anything specifically where I'm like that was just poorly done you know sure. or at least yeah. yet. So. I agree. I think uh. Ryan Coogler made a personal movie, mm-hmm. which is amazing, honestly, that they allowed him to do that or that he did it. I yeah. don't know what happened. If he was just like, look, I'm, this is the movie I'm going to do. But I did read a little bit that he actually he wasn't the first choice. Ava DuVernay was. And she didn't want to do it because she was like, I want more creative control than Marvel will give me. Which is fair. Um, yeah. It is totally fair. And then she went. And worked well. She's still working with Disney. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, because she just did a Wrinkle in Time right. around the same time. Um, I guess Kevin Feige's sort of the puppet master. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I think Ryan Coogler made a personal movie. Uh, a lot of the same themes that were in Creed, which I love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that on here, but I mentioned it to you before. I think Creed's like a ten out of ten movie. Yeah. And uh to see him continue those themes and like continue to deal with things he's personally interested in, uh, mainly with like, uh, young black men and their fathers, but just the relationship between fathers and sons in general. It's just great. I thought that was to see a guy in a big movie like this, but in a Marvel movie, which is Marvel movies are so homogenized and so like factory floor driven. I just, that really impressed me that he was able to put his stamp on it. Yeah. I definitely think that's, really important it definitely when watching it felt felt heartfelt like i don't know what better word to use there you know but um it did it did it just it felt very um genuine Mm -hmm. which is what i was looking for and what i always look for in marvel films so on that point it definitely succeeds um Um, i guess we got we went down a rabbit hole a little bit yeah but but we were talking about characters which is kind of like arc-y right right (laughs) 
So do you think the movie's ultimately successful with establishing a hero and a villain and showing how they, uh, the different paths they take? Yeah, definitely. I think the arcs are really solid. Cool. Yeah. Spectacle? Um, I think this is the movie's weakest point. I would agree. <laughs> Which is weird because it's... Like like we just said, Ryan Coogler made a personal movie. Yeah. I think he would have been content with, like, making The Godfather, but Black Panther, where it's just about, like, the passing of a generation and, like, lots of talky stuff, very dramatic, character-driven stuff. I think that could have worked. Yeah. But it's got to be a Marvel movie. It's got to have these yeah. action sequences. Um, so I don't know if... Well, Creed had great action. I don't know. But something happened in the development of this movie and the action scenes are not that memorable yeah they're really not like when i think back on it probably the things that come to mind are the car chase in south korea and but that's a little derivative of civil war it is seeing black panther in an urban environment like that yeah and yeah a lot of it just didn't feel as like fresh and new as i wanted it to feel Mm -hmm. with a character like this who we haven't seen that much from like he he does the wolverine thing of like fighting like the alter ego of himself sure. at the end with yeah. like the same suit and mm-hmm. like um which we've seen before um th- most of the fighting that black panther did was not that new or impressive i felt like they tried to add in some newer stuff with like his energy absorbent armor yeah, but right. it was only really like used against him and i guess i so. felt like he didn't successfully use it many times i don't know I th- well um, i, I kind of had a, a different take on that oh uh, yeah i think they used it too much like it was a neat idea but that that's sort fair. of became his thing yeah the but that's not what makes black panther cool yeah i mean my opinion what makes black panther cool is that he's like an assassin mm-hmm. he's like a jungle assassin mm-hmm. there's no other character like that yeah. But making it so high tech and like James Bondy. Yeah. I think that maybe hurt it a little in the end. Yeah. Um I do think that Wakanda was an amazingly well done spectacle. Um I thought it felt very exciting to be entering that world finally mm-hmm. cuz you know we'd heard about it um but we hadn't been there yet. Um and so that was really cool. Um I liked it a lot too. And a lot of people, well not a lot. I've heard more than one person sort of point out that it was a little too Star Warsy, but I didn't. I, I didn't feel get that, that way. Vibe. Yeah, I thought it was pretty unique, actually. Yeah. And I noticed like the architecture of the buildings. Um, it they had like a, they worked in a lot of organic shapes, mm-hmm. which was cool. And I thought that would that was very appropriate because they've got the African heritage and they they feel very close to nature. And I swear, in one wide shot, I saw like a treehouse somewhere in Wakanda. It was like mm-hmm. this skyscraper with a treehouse on top I, did you see that no okay I, I swear it's there it was kind of weird no i believe you <laughs> um but it was i thought wakanda was pretty unique um not just in the architecture and the buildings but the like the the railway system was cool and the all of the gadgets they had that was very james bondy again yeah but at least they did cool things like i the remote control car was interesting that, that was, was a, so cool yeah and that was a way to have a character moment between T'Challa and Shuri to get at their relationship. And I love the little, I don't know what they are, little discs that he had at the beginning mm-hmm. that like turned into grenades. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. that was so cool. And um, um, 
the sneakers were funny, although they weren't used. Yeah, why were they? they used? No, they weren't. It was, yeah, that that's a bummer. That's a Chekhov's gun mistake because <laughs> they set it up and then didn't do anything with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, oh, what was I going to say? What Did you like the armored rhinos? Those are pretty cool. <laughs> the rhinos are very cool. Well, because I knew about those from the comics, that was just something, like, I was probably reading, like, a, what, ten things we hope to see in Black Panther, you know, like, a year ago, and, like, I remember reading about them being in the comics, and then I was, like, right before they came on screen, I was, like, oh, my God, is it going to happen? Like, is this happening? And then it did, and I was, like, yes. <laughs> cool. Um, and the moment with um, Daniel Kaluuya's character, and uh, is it Okoye? Oko- How do you say o- your name? Okoye. Okoye? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That moment with them and the rhino recognizing her, that was that was pretty cute. I don't remember Like, that. it's... Because they're, you know, they're... Um, they're together. They're together. And the rhino, like, he, like, charges the rhino at her. Mm-hmm. And then the rhino recognizes her. So it, like, stops oh, and, like, won't attack her. Okay. And then she's like, you really thought he would attack me? And right. then it's like, that's okay. how they, like, make up, basically. Right. Um, she's got an interesting line that I would like to return to in morality. So let's table that. Okay. Interesting line. Got yeah, it. Interesting um, line from Okoye. Okoye. Okay. Got it. Um... <laughs> And uh, I was going to, hmm, I'm trying to remember something that I was going to say. Um, but you, oh. so why do you think, why are we saying the spectacle's kind of weak, though? What about it? That's a good question. It's hard <laughs> for me to peg down, like, something specific, because, like, I think the the landscapes are pretty incredible. I think the costume design is amazing. Um, I really just think like some of my favorite things about Marvel films is when they figure out inventive ways for the heroes to use their powers and mm-hmm. abilities and I just sure. felt like that didn't happen in this movie yeah, with T'Challa with um, because like some of the coolest moments are like Cap figuring out different tricky things he can do with the shield and right. you know like yeah. those moments that just make you go like ah that was like so cool like how did sure. they think of that and right. I feel like I just didn't really get that a lot no, I agree. I think the spectacle was just kind of generic. And ultimately, this criteria point, I think we're getting at how does the movie highlight the hero's abilities? Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it kind of didn't. Mm, I that's think, a really good point. What yeah. are the strengths of Black Panther? He's he's intelligent and he's a king. So that's, you've got like the political angle, mm-hmm. but also he's like an assassin. Yeah. And he can move through the night and... That just the closest you get is the South Korea thing, right? But again, that's an urban environment, and we saw that in Civil War. Yeah. Um. So something like, I don't know, if he had sort of invaded, not invaded, if he had done like a, a an espionage thing where he goes into a different country mm-hmm. and he's trying to be super sneaky assassin, and he yeah. uses the sneakers, and it all goes wrong. Like that could have been really interesting and a great showcase of his abilities, but. It was just, yeah, nothing we haven't seen before. Car chase, fist fight, you know. So I have an interesting question for you because I just thought of this. One of my biggest problems, and this, I don't know what this ties into, but, and this is a problem with, like, all franchise films now with Marvel, is, like, they went as far as to make all the other characters in the movie believe that T'Challa was dead in a film where we've already... Like, where we know he cannot possibly be dead because we've seen him in trailers for other films. Should franchise films just 
stop doing that because like for me as a, especially as someone who wants to like work on films eventually and write or direct mm-hmm. like just like using a plot line where a character dies and the other characters think he's dead when you know he cannot possibly in any possible <laughs> way be dead like that just infuriates me it really does because i can't buy into it emotionally i just can't and so is that like is it still worth it to do something like that or should we get mm-hmm. away from that because in my opinion i'm like don't do that. Just don't do it. Like, don't threaten us with his death if we know he's not going to die. It's a waste of our time. That's my opinion. I definitely see what you're saying, but I feel like it's not really a problem with franchise films. I think that's just a, like, imagine, if you can, Black Panther just is the first Marvel movie ever. Okay. I feel like you would, would still have been bothered by that plot line. Because you okay. know Black Panther's not going to die. You just know that. Right. In a blockbuster, in a superhero movie. Right. The hero's not going to die. Um, so I certainly was not emotionally uh, moved by his supposed death. Right. Because, uh, like, I just, I know it's not going to happen. Um, but I feel like that's more of a genre problem than a franchise problem. But the question of whether or not you should even do it, I think that is a good question. Mm-hmm. Um well, because for me, it's like one of my favorite movies is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And in the spoiler alert, we need like, I was just thinking of this. We need some kind of like obnoxious voice that just randomly like says like spoiler alert. When we're about to spoil like a movie that we're not currently talking about. Oh, I think okay. that would be funny. But anyway, um, <laughs> spoiler alert in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when they're like fighting on the helicarrier and <clears throat> Steve is like on his last legs and like he's like just finish it to Bucky I'm like emotionally invested like I know that Steve cannot die like Mm -hmm. that's not happening but it drove me enough to be emotionally invested whereas in Black Panther I just didn't get that emotional investment so maybe it's just how you go about it I don't know I think so I think the movie I think the first act is too long even though I didn't I wasn't bored I do think it's too long Mm -hmm. or the whole movie needs to be longer okay um yeah to make sense of the sort of build of the first act and I think the the T'Challa defeat by Killmonger, where everybody thinks he's dead, I like the idea because, it's a, again, it's very Hamlet. It's very Lion, Lion King, King yeah. where he uh, goes away and comes back, and it's like, oh, the king has returned, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And I think it's worth it for that moment. Mm-hmm. But to really, like, just take Lion King. Simba leaves as a child after the first act of the movie. Yeah. And he comes back at the end. So it's it's worth it, you know? Well, and he's he's been conscious and like growing and learning whereas t'challa's been unconscious right right so So it doesn't work as well i think it's more of an execution thing i think you certainly could have done it um but it's just the last act of this movie a ton of stuff happens yeah like wakanda has a civil war yeah in like 10 minutes yeah and t'challa's dead and i i think it could have been done better i definitely see what you're saying but i don't think it's like a flaw with the idea itself okay I, li- I like that answer. I think that's that's a good compromise. Cool. Um, still on the spectacle train. Um, I don't know if you paid attention to this much, but I really was unimpressed by the shooting, which may have had oh, something yes. to do with the spectacle. Yep. There was just... It just did not feel as, like, cinematic and kinetic as I wanted it to feel. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe maybe Rachel Morrison is just inexperienced in shooting a film like this. I also wonder with films like Marvel films, like it's got to be tough to like be shooting green screens and not be able to visualize what you're filming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I think 
the shooting to me just didn't wow me at all. Um, whereas in other Marvel films, there have been definite moments where it has. Right. Um, there were shots that I thought were good, mm-hmm. but the overall look of the movie, I thought was very generic. Yeah. Um, which is a real shame because a movie like this, I think, deserves a unique look. Yeah. Um, a unique visual language, like Winter Soldier. We always go back to because it it's so good. It is, but yeah. that had a very unique style of shooting. Yes, a lot of handheld stuff, very yes. quick cuts. This doesn't have anything unique about it. Yeah. Um. So I definitely agree. But then I, I guess on the technical side, the I felt like a lot of it just didn't look real. Mm-hmm. I think like you were getting it with the green screen. It just didn't look believable. Right. Um. Individual shots again. I think there were some really good ones. And like with the the ancestral plane, I don't know what it's called, but that was really cool. Oh, it was beautiful. And uh, there were some really great shots in the Jabari Kingdom, the mm-hmm. Snow Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I don't know Black Panther lore. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just like there were some kind of bad shots in that movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of the the waterfall combat area. Yeah. And the camera pans up. And it's like, ooh, that's. That's some copy and paste CG going on yeah, there. Yeah, I just felt like they could have made, especially those water battles, a little more visually exciting with some more, like, kinetic energy in that, mm-hmm. you know, quicker cuts, different angles. I don't know. Right. Especially um, coming off of X-Men, which was so rich visually. Like, they took the time to say, what's what What are the visual motifs? What's the, the shooting style that we're going to have? And with this, it just felt, you know, very generic, very by the numbers. Yeah. I would agree with that. I definitely think that dragged it down in a very subtle way um, for me. Um, And, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention. So, going into this, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this music thing we've got going on. Because they were talking about releasing Black Panther, the album. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how much of it was going to be, like, contemporary music versus, um, like, score. Right. Um, But I actually found that, like, I loved... The, the rap style music, um, and I actually didn't like when real score came in. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't like it. It was like we would fit, we would we would blend into the real score with the rap music, and I was like, no, like stay with the rap. I don't know. Huh. I just felt like it fit Black Panther so well, and then I I really liked the score. I don't know. Uh, I liked all the music. I liked the album. I liked the songs that they use from the album in the movie. Mm-hmm. There are probably three or four. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, the score was by Ludwig somebody. He also did Creed, which has an incredible score. And the way he worked in, like, uh, African percussion instruments, there were, like, some xylophones in there. Uh, I don't know anything about African music. I don't want (laughs) to sound like I'm an expert. I feel like we're sounding, like, so, like, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. Like, our expertise is questionable at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. But the music, okay, you you can at least uh, admit that the music is are, are unique, and that's a step up from Marvel movies. Yes, I agree. Um, most Marvel films have very unmemorable scores. Um, right. There are only a few that I can think of where I'm like, that really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, yeah, they're very unmemorable. And you had to, like, like I said, I didn't, I didn't love the actual score, but maybe that's just because I, 
I felt like they were incorporating the rap style music really well. And so I was, I, and I hadn't heard something like this before work in like a superhero film, mm-hmm. at least that genre of music. So I was like, yeah, keep going. And then when it like stopped, I was like, oh, but like I understood it would have been overkill. Um, so, right. but I definitely that's... think this film has a strong musical style and I wish the visual yeah. style was as up to par with the musical. Yeah, completely agree. And the, the Kendrick Lamar stuff, like the movie, um, I can think of maybe two rap songs. Like there's Killmonger's theme and then there's the theme that plays during the car chase. Mm-hmm. And there are probably more. But there are other songs that are just like, here's a pop song, here's an R&B song. Yeah. And I think all that stuff was used really, really well. I, I responded to it. But now that you mention it, I am res- I am remembering the, the soundtrack stuff more than the score. Yeah. So maybe yeah. the score was a little forgettable. But at least it was. But also the soundtrack was so unique that yeah. like that's you're of course you're gonna remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is like a spectacle thing. I don't know where I would mention this. This is just like a flaw in the world. I'm really which like this is not fair for you because Marvel is like king of ambiguous things with powers and such. But what is vibranium and what does it do? Like this movie, like <laughs> took that like suspension of disbelief and like tested it to its full limits. Like I was like, it powers things and it like yeah, you can build was... things out of it and it could just like <laughs> apparently like appear out of this necklace that he wears into this suit. Right. Like I that the powering things especially. I was like, what is that? It's a conductive metal as well. It's a power source. It's just, and yeah. then. Yeah, I is a magic rock. It can do anything. Well, okay, that was my annoyance is that the movie was trying so hard to be like this isn't magic, it's science. And then like you've got vibranium and it's like just embrace that it's magical. And the whole like like astral plane, I was like that's magic. Well, like, that's literally magic. I thought so the the two astral plane scenes or three. The Chala does it twice. But those are some of the best scenes in the movie. No, I agree. And I thought well they did it in a way that it was sort of mystical, but the way that they pulled it off where, like, T'Challa has one version, Killmonger has another, I think that sort of gets at that it's defined by your own memories. Yeah. So that... So it's like a drug trip, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so that, to me, that kept it from being too silly. Yeah. For me. Okay. It was still grounded enough. I can buy that. But I, I definitely agree that the vibranium, like, it, it tests you. Um it didn't bother me because what they're able to achieve with that, the the spectacle of Wakanda and the uh, all the gadgets from Shuri and the suit, because the suit was really cool looking. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the, as, as I guess a, a plot point, it was, it leaves you wanting for sure. Yeah. That's all I got for... Okay, for spectacle. For spectacle. Yeah, it's just, I mean... The final battle with Killmonger, I was, I was into that. Like I said, I was like, yeah, go get him. But again, like the CG is not very good. The CGI, yeah, especially when they're like falling. It's very it reeks of Spider-Man three. Um, <laughs> yeah, the spectacle could have been a lot better, which is a shame. It's interesting. I want to start paying more attention to, like CGI and Marvel films in general because. Lately, it's not been great. Like, Thor Ragnarok bad in Thor. had some yeah. pretty bad... Spider-Man Homecoming has some abysmal, like, Spider-Man flying through the air really? shots. I don't remember. Especially the first time... Next time you watch it, I'm okay. sure we'll do it sometime soon. Uh, like, the first time he's Spider-Man, it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. Okay. Um, 
So I, I need to start watching for that because I feel like I'm reaching a point where there's a certain part of me that's like, oh, I don't care. Like, yeah, it's like CGI. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I feel like we sh- if you're going to use it that much, you need to be held to a higher standard yeah. of like, this should look good. I agree. So, yeah, well, I'm going to start paying more attention to that. Okay. But especially in Infinity War, this $500 million budget film. That's where all the money went. Yeah. Probably. That's why like, Black Panther had no money. Yeah, I feel like Black Panther was just like this little, the little movie that could. Yeah. Because they didn't really even advertise it that much, not right? Really. I feel like it had a big presence on social media. Yeah. But that's not Disney spending marketing money. Right. So, hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to think that all the money went to Infinity War. Yeah. Um. I mean, did you know that? I've probably mentioned this that Infinity War and Avengers Four. Is the most money that's ever been spent on a movie before. I didn't know that. Because Avengers... So the the most money spent up to until now was Avatar, and it was something like $400 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4 have a combined budget of $1 billion, so they're each $500 million. Oh, my I guarantee God. you a fifth of that is Robert Downey Jr., but, you know. N- not God, really. I'm joking not. about a bit it's, of that. No, but, it's probably but true. But he's very highly paid, <laughs> like too, like ridiculously highly paid. Yes. So. so such that Black Panther got no money. <laughs> so well, I now hope, I blame Robert Downey Jr. for the bad CGI. I hope he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we wrapped up spectacle. Yeah. Um, morality. Uh, this the was strongest part of the film. Definitely. I think. Uh, this was up there with X Men for me. Oh, and that high? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Absolutely. Wow. Um, uh, on the on the morality. Front, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it reminded me. This movie reminds me of the original Iron Man in so many ways. Uh, yes. For me, not it had a way. negative. Yeah, but we'll we'll get to that. Well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'll just go ahead and say it's the okay. tenth anniversary of Iron Man, tenth anniversary of the MCU, with the post credit scene in this movie, which is like a beat for beat. It's like the end of Iron Man one. Purposefully. Purposefully, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's so cool. And to have a character-driven movie again, I that just that made me smile. But you, you saw that and you were like, that's just derivative. Yeah, it just felt like... It felt too much like Iron Man for me. I guess it was just like... It felt enough like Iron Man that I was frustrated that I wasn't watching Iron Man. Ooh. Like, not totally to that point, but that's kind of like where my mind went because I was like... This reminds me of Iron Man, but I feel like I enjoyed watching it unfold in Iron Man better. Just on the sense of the the responsibility um, plot, mm-hmm. because it felt very much like that to me. Um, and I felt, I don't know, I, I started watching this movie and like five minutes in, I was like, okay, the central plot of this better be like, we're this rich nation that's like hoarding all of our stuff and not sharing it. And then it was, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Something about it just felt too similar to me and to Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it, it is very similar. Like yeah. undoubtedly yeah. a lot of the ideas are the same uh, or they at least parallel one another, but it, it's also very different. Like Iron Man is, is about accountability and yeah. it's about Tony Stark Right. But this is a movie about, like, legacy and posterity. I think those are the big themes of the movie. And uh, leadership. T'Challa's like, what do I do with what my family, my culture, my country 
what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. I, I have the power now. What is the right course of action? And Iron Man, you know, the, the question is asked, but the question is asked in every Marvel movie, you know, what's a responsible use of power? Yes, of course. Uh, that is the Marvel question. That is. Um, but in Iron Man, it's more about Tony Stark. It's a lot more internal. Uh, and I, the, the, the thing I love about Tony Stark is he's so egotistical. And in Iron Man, he starts this thing like, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be a better person. But he's still very driven by selfish things. Right. Like he's sort of driven by his own guilt rather mm-hmm. than any real uh, desire to help other people. Yes. Um, and T'Challa is not that. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the the two movies are very different, me, different on that front. And just to go ahead and address it, like this movie is political in a way that Iron Man isn't. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I agree with that. Although... Well, Iron Man was pretty political at the time, I guess. It had a lot of political elements, like coming off of the the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Yes. Like, should we should we be involved? Meddling. In, yeah, meddling, right. Um, but they were different enough for me. Uh, but what is what do you think is the the big moral question of this movie? Having said all that about Iron Man, I'm trying to distinguish the two. I think for me the moral question that stands out is the the conflict that happens between T'Challa and Killmonger, which is, <clears throat> is it, do we use this power for violence or benevolence or, mm-hmm. you know, how do we allocate this power? Um, and honestly, I think another one of my struggles is that I just, like, even though by the end Wakanda has decided to, to use, to help you know, basically, that's what the conference room scene is: is we are Wakanda instead of Iron. I am Iron Man. You right. know, revealing right. themselves to the world. Mm-hmm. I, like, I never forgave Wakanda for staying like to themselves this long. Like, I think the oh, entire really? time I was just like, okay, but like, why have you? Like, this is unforgivable that you've had oh. all this stuff no. because I feel like the no, movie no, no, just no. spent, but it's been so long, like glorifying like all this technology that they had and like all. But the conceit of the movie is that they became that way because they were isolated. That's true. And uh, one of the things I love about the story is that, so there's that, but there's also the vibranium they call the gift. Right. They didn't earn the vibranium, they just have it, which mm-hmm. ultimately is why I think he decides, I have to share this. Right. Um, but, you know, the, I mean, they talk about colonialism in the movie. They yes. call uh, Martin Freeman... Colonizer. colonizer and that was a little weird i was like okay. it was it was a little i didn't like that i didn't like, like okay you and i are both white let's just say that i don't go around like jokingly <laughs> calling people slaves you know that was a little uh, well it was weird to me because like like <laughs> if if martin freeman's character had been like even remotely like racially offensive or something or right. had done something that right. warranted that but like he was so He's like just a guy. <laughs> yeah like i was like why but are we the movie yeah. it plays it as a joke it does it, it does so there's it was a little weird though it was it, but i wasn't offended or anything like, no it's just no, a joke no. um but anyway so the movie you know it deals with this legacy of colonialism this legacy of slavery mm-hmm. legacy of racism and the movie is not about wakanda it's about america like, yeah let's, absolutely let's i mean that's the whole intent of Killmonger I think yes, yeah absolutely he's, he's just a fascinating character the movie opens with Rodney King the Rodney King riots in 92 mm-hmm. and they talk about uh, Wakanda's isolation 
and that sort of kept it from, you know, being colonized or whatever. So I bought that they were afraid to open their borders um, and let the outside world in. Daniel Kaluuya's character says, uh, if you let people in here, they bring their problems in. Mm-hmm. Wakanda's problems becomes their problem. Becomes, yeah. become their problems. And T'Challa doesn't have a rebuttal for him. Right. He's just like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And at the end of the movie, I think it's really interesting that Wakanda doesn't let people in. It's like, we will reach out to others. Yes. We'll try to build bridges yes. out rather than... Uh, it's sort of subtle, but I, I guess I'm glad that it stood away, that it was very political and topical, but it refrained from being straight allegory. Because you could have... They could have made a very pointed... Uh, message about refugees or like Trump and the wall and mm-hmm. they avoided that they were like yes. they were sort of playing in there and I think they very tactfully avoided making a strong political statement it was yeah. like it just got you thinking about these things well that was that was my fear was that it would either not make any sort of political statement at all which I think would have been disappointing mm-hmm. um, because this is the perfect platform to do it in but I also was scared that it would make such a large and I guess like opinionated political statement that audiences would have been like turned away or that you know they would have immediately like shut it off um sure. so I think it perfectly balanced um yeah I thought it was weaving those themes into the larger Marvel universe and befitting of a Marvel movie but you know confronting problems that were specific to Black Panther and that only this character could have been used to confront. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, and I was I was a little worried that it would be too much of a political statement because ultimately political statements are going to divide people. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's no way around that. Um, and a movie should unite people. Yeah. You know? And yeah. the movie has... Well, I, I think the message of the movie is very uh, Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Killmonger is, you know, he's, he's not like Magneto, Malcolm X was. Um, but Killmonger is very angry, can't let go of the past. And T- T'Challa is very hopeful for the future. Mm-hmm. And he wants to, to help people. So that's that's a message that, while it was sort of surrounded by political things, is a very universal message. And I was so uh, relieved, I guess was the word. But I was also just sort of proud that, you had a filmmaker like Ryan Coogler who was able to navigate those treacherous waters and yeah. come out with something really positive to say. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think the moral statements that it makes are really strong. Um, just because you, you get such a cool blend of, like, the very classic, like, rising king. Like, how, how do you rule a kingdom? How do you deal with this? Mm-hmm. Um mixed with all all the modern conflicts of technology and war and you know the especially confronting like the racial climate of america and um so yeah it had a really hard task i'm sure going into it figuring out like what you're going to say with this film um right but i think on the side of wakanda um it really deals well with like a larger the larger Marvel theme of, like, responsibility, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we do with our responsibility as heroes? And then also dealing with a very Black Panther-centric conflict between hero and villain, which is, you know, the violence versus the benevolence, that sort of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So, yeah, I feel like those threads are really strong. Um, I, I feel like I have to bring up the, the writer of Black Panther, the mm-hmm. comic, mm-hmm. is uh, this guy named Ta-Nehisi Coates. And I told you briefly about this, but he's he's a political commentator, mm-hmm. and he he's very hmm. How do I put this? Well, by my reckoning, and I've read his book, one of his books, and I try to read his articles because I think he's a very interesting figure. He's a very frustrating writer for me because mm-hmm. he he can he's very poetic and he makes he says these beautiful moving things, but he's like kind of like Killmonger. No. <laughs> yeah. And, That's scary. Uh, I maybe people disagree with me. I maybe I'm wrong. I hope so. But if I'm being honest about what I've read of his work, yeah, he's kind of like Killmonger. Um, I think that he has a lot of anger, and he has this animus. That uh, well, I don't want to get too much into it. Yeah. Anyway, he wrote Black Panther. Has been writing Black Panther for the past few years. And his run has gotten mixed reviews, I think. I think mostly it's because... Because honestly, reading the, like, the synopsis of it, it sounds really interesting because he's dealing with like the people of Wakanda like rising against T'Challa and deciding they don't want a king anymore. I'm like, oh, that's mm. interesting. I want to yeah. read that. That sounds cool. Yeah. sounds very philosophical and interesting. But from what I've heard, his take on Black Panther is it's just kind of boring. Like He's never written a comic book before and it's too wordy. Yeah. Not, there's not enough action. Not suited to a 20-page comic book that's told issue to issue. Uh, anyway, knowing his history with Black Panther, knowing his writings like I do, I was very worried the movie would be influenced by him. And I was shocked to see where the movie went mm-hmm. with its moral statements yeah. and its political statements. Um, maybe I, I need to reassess his work. Yeah. But... That I, I can't describe the elation I felt when I saw that uh, what they did with Killmonger as the villain. They were like, you have to let go of your hatred. Um, and it, I'm sort of at a loss for words. It's hard to, it's hard to describe the feeling I had, but that was sort of, uh, and again, I'm bringing my own like personal history into the movie, which yeah. is, it's, it's a, at some point you just can't not do that. Yeah. Um, but to see Ryan Coogler tell the story he did and make the statement that he made, knowing that Ta-Nehisi Coates was involved with the character and was in the credits. I saw his name in the credits and they're like special thanks. Uh, that was very important for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, can, I, I can definitely see that. Um, I think this very easily could have become a very polarizing film yeah. and had people angry and... It didn't do that, but it also made a very definitive statement about this is what we believe. And so I think that's really, really important. Sure. Um, no other Marvel movie does that, I don't think. None of them? Gosh, well, I think Civil to... Civil War and Winter Soldier almost get there. Yeah. But don't really. Hmm. They, they, they're very character-focused, mm-hmm. and they don't have a wider view of the world, I don't think. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, Any other thoughts on that? Not particularly. Okay. Wait, can we talk about after credit scenes? Oh, I sure. brought this yeah. up. I don't know how we should consider these because I don't think they affect like a film at all in some sense because some people don't even like watch them. Mm-hmm. But 
I think I was disappointed by these after credit scenes because, like, the credits rolled, right? And I was like, okay, I didn't get any of my Infinity War set up. Where's my Infinity War set up? And then, like, the first after credit scene, which, very cool, but was, like, the, the Iron Man callback. And then the second after credit scene was, like... Bucky. Bucky's, like, awake, but he's been, like, living in, like, a village. In but, a like, tent. Yeah, in a tent. And I was like, <laughs> the way The way I read that, honestly, was that he woke up and he didn't know where he was. He was like, why am I in a tent? Oh, like he had just woken yeah, up. Yeah, that's... <laughs> why? Yeah, why is that? Like, none of it makes sense. <laughs> anyway, I was, all, I was again, frustrated by the after credit scenes because, I don't know. For me, like, after credit scenes for Marvel used to do amazing setups for the next films because Marvel used to give away less in their trailers. They used to give away less of how the world would connect. Like, one of the coolest after credit scenes that I just, like, flipped out on was um, at the end of Winter Soldier, of course, one of my favorites. Um, it's the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch setup scene. Mm-hmm. That was just yeah. so cool to me. I had no that idea cool those one. characters were coming, and then they're revealed in this after credit scene, and they're like, ah, I get to look forward to them in the next movie. And I'm like, I miss that. Like, I miss Marvel doing after credit scenes that, you know, make me excited. But then again, like, Avengers has some of the worst after credit scenes I've ever seen. The you first the one, yeah. Well, there's the shawarma one, and then the first one is just Thanos being like, "Humans are stronger than I thought." <laughs> like, good job, humanity. Like, um, we definitely, I think, need to do like a mini episode on like after credit okay. scenes and their sure. like purpose because I think they can do a really good job. But I wasn't the one in Thor. What was it? Which when he meets Thor? The, the first one. Oh, and the newest one. Yeah, doesn't he like meet the Guardians or something? No. Oh, is that just from the Infinity War trailer? That's just from the Infinity War. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I that was just a side note. I we should talk more okay. about after credit scenes sure. at some point. Um, oh, I wanted to mention Okoye in morality. Go ahead, go back. Okay, We're fine. We're still here. Well, she 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 and Daniel Kaluuya, <laughs> they you know they have a relationship, mm-hmm. and Daniel Kaluuya has like a spear or something. He's about to stab her. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but they, they're confronting each other because they're on, like, opposite sides of the Civil War. Because um, Daniel Kaluuya, gosh. It's... His name is really hard to say. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. He he is sort of sided with Killmonger. Right. Um, and Killmonger, it's very, it's like the political philosophy of this movie is so interesting because Killmonger uh, is working within the laws of Wakanda. Yes. And yet he's a bad king. And yeah. And it's like, what is the rightful king? What is What is true authority? Uh, um, and Okoye who's very patriotic she's mm-hmm. like I love Wakanda uh, Daniel's like what does he ask her you would betray your king or something yeah and she's she's like I would never choose you over Wakanda mm-hmm. talking she would never choose her husband or yeah. boyfriend or whatever over her patriotism I was like that's wow that's pretty interesting yeah. um, I don't know if I personally agree with that, yeah. especially, and I think it's interesting that they went there in a movie where you've got a character like Everett Ross, who's like, I have to put aside my patriotism, my job to help these people who did me a kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was a pretty interesting moral thing to go into. Yeah. I've always found those characters interesting that are like the very like, you know, stout warriors like that. Um, and I think she's, she's very like, old worldy like she feels like 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 if you were to have like a like an old wakanda that's mm. like her you know mm-hmm. the very like 
rigid in, in the structure of everything. And, right. and then you had Nakia, who was very um, kind of floated around right. and was like, oh, they need me to fight. I'll put on the Dormelage Dora costume. Malage. I can't say. I don't yeah, know how to say these names. <laughs> I feel horrible. I butchered all of them. Uh, she puts on, you know, the warrior costume um, to go fight. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think that's a really, really interesting conflict, too. For sure. And the movie doesn't, I don't know, it does, does it have an answer to that one? I guess it does. The movie says that, like, yeah, T'Challa is the rightful king because mm-hmm. he's he's the good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it doesn't really go into, like, where do you draw the line between patriotism and, uh, I don't know, love for an individual. I don't even know how I would yeah. d- describe that. Yeah. But it's a really interesting issue to bring up. Well, and it's an issue that is kind of the same as in Civil War because, I mean, yeah. Steve and Bucky, like, aren't, like, romantic lovers, but it's the right. same concept. Like, Steve chooses Bucky over um, yeah, this, like, sure. greater responsibility. Right. Um, so I've always found that very interesting because it it's is. so it's so character-based, you know, and relationship-based. Yeah, I completely um, agree. So I'm excited for us to get to that movie. Me too, yeah. Anything else to say about the morality of Black Panther? I don't think so. I think we covered it. Okay. I think it makes a really positive, strong moral statement. Yeah, I agree. So. But is it as good as X-Men's? Oh, gosh. Here we go. (laughs) So now to our ranking. Um, I feel like if I list it out, like, every single time, like, it's going to get exhausting the more movies we add. So I won't list it out this time fully. But, um. Okay. Uh. We can just, we'll just go from the bottom up and say, I like this process of like, yeah. it's definitely better than right. these. Just, so I would yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. better than Fantastic Four, Justice League, and Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Those three at the bottom. Then we've got Batman 1989, I would assume, probably beats it. But I don't want to, I don't want to jump, I don't want to jump to conclusions. One, yeah, hang on, hang on. Batman um, 89, it has some character problems, but. That is a very important superhero film. It's an unforgettable movie just because of the aesthetics. Right. And it completely blows Black, pa- Black Panther out of the water on the spectacle and, like, aesthetics front. It does. Agree? Yeah. Which is very important. That's, I mean, that's a criteria point for a reason. And Black Panther <sighs> just right. wasn't, you know, didn't do much there. But I'm, I think I'm sorry to say. Black Panther outweighs... In the hero villain arc, for sure. Yeah, it does. And I think it outweighs definitely morality. morality yeah, too. Black, Batman had like nothing going on in morality. Yeah. So what's more important? I don't think Spectacles more more important. No. So I think it tops. Yeah. Batman eighty nine. I think I would put it above Batman. But see, next is Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, and that's where I'm gonna stall out and have have difficulties. Um. <laughs> hmm. I think Wonder Woman is a more polished movie. I personally like Black Panther more. I had, I was more invested in that story. Yeah. But speaking strictly on the criteria, because Wonder Woman, it's got the hero and villain. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it struggled there, but it's got the spectacle big time. Big time. And it's got an interesting moral message. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I think it edges out Black Panther. I do. I do think that too. Okay. I think that, yeah, I think Wonder Woman is more polished. Um, I think it's interesting because I think you connected to Black Panther on emotionally on much the same level that I connected to Wonder mm-hmm. Woman. But yeah, I think um, Wonder Woman edges it out 
at least based on criteria. Um, yeah, I think so. So it's got a unique look, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's got characters that you love and care and about, and it manages to make Wonder Woman feel new both in her spectacle and her character even though she had already been in another movie just like Black Panther had and I feel like Black Panther didn't do quite as good a job which I think Wonder Woman wins on that front simply because it's an origin movie that comes after a movie she's already been in but it takes place before the movie that she was already in Mm -hmm. you know so I think that might have something to do with it but yeah sure okay so that puts um Black Panther at number five on the list yeah so. i feel good about that i do i do too yeah this the the movies five and up are like so neck and neck like it's it's yeah, really tough pretty much yeah so hmm. Hmm. now i'm thinking of if we should have put x-men above wonder Woman. <laughs> well we did i know but you don't know if we should have <laughs> i don't know oh god it's too late it's there it's too late <laughs> yeah maybe we should have like a special episode maybe every like Every, like, ten movies, we have to, like, go back and just yeah. make sure everything, okay. like, feels okay. <laughs> and we get, like, one move, like, one shift. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to come up with some rules for this. Because surely, like, if we continue doing this podcast, like, our opinions are going to change at some point. But... Right. Um, I had a dream about Ryan Coogler. What? I dreamt that I met Ryan Coogler. <laughs> you just met him? Like <laughs> He was at my house for some reason. <laughs> and I was like, I would really like to shake your hand. Did you shake his hand? Yeah, I shook his hand, and he had, he had a Is good he had a good strong handshake. Yeah, that was it. But the, <laughs> I wanted to share that. I thought that would be a good uh, close for the episode. I'm glad you got to shake Ryan Coogler's hand in your dream. <laughs> it was it was important to me to shake his hand. <laughs> he made he's made some good movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and on that note. <laughs> Wakanda forever. (laughs) Wakanda forever.